Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Now you get handy of your thing.
clear to take our communion today. Ask those of you at home to get your communion ready right now. says for I know the plans I have for you 
declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I want to use just for a subject, imagine that. Somebody say imagine that. Within each of us, God has placed a marvelous, marvelous deposit of greatness and potential. But the truth is that the devil wants to distract you so that you never reach your destiny. Make no, make no mistake about it, the devil is real. He's no mystical figure. His attempt is to distort your reality. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, we should cast down every imagination, cast down every image, every picture, every CD. We should cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The NIV version says that we should demolish, that we should destroy our arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Because the enemy specializes in clouding our perspective. So we find Jeremiah in this text speaking a word to remind us that God has no thoughts of evil towards us. And he's not here to harm us, but to give us hope and a future. Can you imagine that God has deposited enough goodness within you for you to literally change this world? Can you imagine that? That God has placed enough power in you so that you can take every negative experience that you have gone through in life to make you stronger, to make you better, to make you wiser. Can you imagine that? See, you're not here today by accident. Your birth was not a mistake. You're not a second thought. When God created you, he did not say, well, now what am I going to do with you? God had a plan for your life before the foundation of the world. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, I set you apart. The, the mistake that many people make in life is that you really don't know who you are. There are a lot of people that played you, that mishandled you, that said negative things about you. They judge you based on the color of your skin. They judge you based on what you wear. But they did not realize that you were more than the clothes you wear, more than the mascara on your face. You're deeper than the car you drive. You're deeper than the conversation you hold. You're deeper than your Facebook page. You're deeper than the grades some of you get, are getting in school. You're deeper than the job you have right now. Can you imagine that some of you will be the first generation of people in your family to ever graduate from college? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that you be the first one in your family to live above the poverty level? Can you imagine that? God says, I know the plans that I have for you. What this suggests is that every event, every experience, every struggle that you go through in life is a part of God's master plan for your life. Your life is like looking at a puzzle. And everything that happens in your life is like a piece of that puzzle. The good, the bad, the ugly. Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together. For the good of them that love God and for those who have been called according to his purpose. This means that God is working in the affairs of my life. And everything that happens, happens with a purpose and on purpose. God is at work. And the fact that God is at work means that I have to be aware of who God is and what God is doing in my life. Let's talk about it a little bit. What God is saying is, is 
that I'm not bishop and I'm sovereign. God says, I know everything. And I don't have to explain everything to you. He says that I know the plans that I think for you. God says, even though you think that you're brilliant, God says, I did not call, call a council and consult with you when I made this world. I did not call you together and ask you what do you think I ought to do with your life. I'm God. He said, God is not just my name. God is my job description. In other words, you have to lead not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge me. And God says, I will direct your path. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. God says, I'm ordering your steps. Psalm 37 and 23 says, the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, how do I know when God is ordering my steps? Because when God orders my steps, he stretches me beyond my comfort zone. When God is getting ready to do something great in my life, he always causes me to walk away from places where I become comfortable. Maybe that's why he's taking some privileges away from us. Maybe God is trying to get some of us out of our comfort zone. And to get some of us out of our comfort zone, he has to get some of us out of our religious zip codes and get us into some relationship codes. Because you look at some people in your zip code and realize there has to be a greater meaning in life than just going to church. It has to be something greater than God is just trying to do in your life. Vision is nothing but exposure. Some of you ought to be glad that God gave you some exposure and God got you out of some places that you were comfortable in. You've never gotten out unless God ordered your steps. God says you need to understand that when you obey me, it brings you success. God has a tailor-made purpose for each of our lives. God says that each of us have a specific assignment. God says that I created each one of you to solve a problem. The only reason why you exist is for your assignment. And I'm convinced that the reason why there are so many people in jail, so many people that are dead and dying, is because they don't understand their assignment. I'm convinced that the cure for cancer is either in jail or in the grave because somebody didn't understand their assignment. Do you know the great author is listening, the greatest author in the world is listening this morning? the next great scientist, the person with the cure of COVID, the person that stops racism, the next president, the next mayor, the next city council person is listening right now. The next great inventor is listening right now. But the issue is that you don't know your, you don't, if, if you don't know your assignment, you will never walk into it. You gotta be willing to walk into your assignment. Now, whenever God gives you an assignment, he gives you the anointing to do it. The anointing is the power of God or the hand of God upon your life. In other words, it gives me a sense of tolerance to handle my assignment. When I have an anointing on my life, I'm able to walk in my assignment and deal with what I have to deal with and who I have to deal with because I'm anointed for that assignment. Other people cannot walk in your assignment because they, they are not anointed for what you're anointed for. People don't have to like you, they don't have to speak to you, they don't have to be around you, but when you are anointed, your gift will make room for you. That's why some of you right now work in some places that you work at. 
work with some people that you work with because you have the anointing on your life to put up with the mess that you put up with. There's some parents here this morning that know you are anointed to raise your children because nobody else can put up with those knuckleheads but you. Anybody in here know what it means to be anointed for your assignment? So first, I'm anointed for my assignment. Then God starts strategically aligning my crowd because who I hang with speaks volumes about where I'm going and who I am. God says, I'm going to bring the right people around you, and I'm going to remove the negative people from around you. God says, don't be concerned when people start falling off. Don't start having a pity party and start begging people to stay with you. Don't become hurt because God starts shifting your crowd, and you sit around crying, begging them, please don't go. Please don't. God is, God is sitting around talking about, let them go. Let them go, let them go, because where God is about to take you, they can't handle it. Don't worry about falling out now. Just let them go their way and remember what to say. May the Lord watch between us while we're absent from one another. I need positive people in my life. Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? I need some people in my life that think positive thoughts. I need some people in my life that are going where I'm going. I got to get rid of all the riffraff in my life. I got to get out of all the crazy jacked up relationships. I got to get away from people talking crazy and negative all the time. Just think about all the money you wasted trying to impress people that don't even like you. You're barely getting by. But you spend all your money trying to look good in front of people that don't even speak to you anymore. That's why now you have to make some seed adjustments. Where your the Bible says where your heart is, your treasure has to be. You got to say, God, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. God, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. Once I start making investments in the kingdom, then I start taking a few classes to better myself. Maybe graduate school might not be a bad idea. Maybe trade school. I have to start investing in myself. Because if I don't invest in myself, nobody else will. Then you have to survive adversity. Second Timothy 2 and 3 says, Endure hardness like a good soldier. I wish I could pass out certificates that say that you're going to be exempt from trouble. People of God, you're going to have to deal with adversity. Because if you're going to make it, you're going to have to take it. Stop whining about what you're going through. Because everybody in life has to go through some stuff. The, the devil has called a summit meeting trying to figure out how to take us out. He's working overtime. Job 14 and 1 says that man is born of a woman in a few days and they are full of trouble. When I, when I have to understand, what I have to understand is when trouble comes, I have to leverage my problems to get a revelation to, of God and myself. Because when you're in trouble, that's when you find out what you really believe in. I'm shouting when everything is going well. When my tuition is paid, glory hallelujah. Cardinal paid, glory hallelujah. Some food to eat, praise the Lord. Relationship is good, hallelujah. But when real problems come, we find out what we're really all about. Because your convictions are tied to what you know. And I know, I know, 
I know there's some smart people listening this morning. I know we have some people with money listening this morning. But I believe there's no substitute for the word of God. There's some things that you go through in life that are only going to bring you out the word of God. Now I know that some of you are brilliant and you know all about biology which is the study of life but you need to know the one who is life. Yeah. I know that some of you know all about physics the study of matter and energy but you better know about the God that swooped down and made man in his own image. You know all about astrology, the study of stars. But do you know about that star that was shown in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago? You know all about Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, Nu, Rho, Sigma, Epsilon, Phi, Chi, Psi, and Omega. But I come to ask you today, do you know God's word? This desk that I'm standing behind will deteriorate. You put water in a glass, it will evaporate. That car you drove will depreciate. The grass withers, the flowers fade. Heaven and earth will pass away. But his word, his word, somebody say his word will last forever. Tell somebody it's his word. When the devil was messing with me at midnight, in the midnight hour, I have a word. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When sickness is messing with my body, I got a word. He was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities, but by his stripes I'm healed. Don't think I can pass my test this year. Don't think I can get in school. Don't think I can find a God. God, find a job. I've got a word. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. But, but, because what I believe gives rise to how I act. I don't act like everybody else acts. I don't have to get negative like everybody else does. See, when you think my head ought to be down, then my head is up. When you think I should be crying, then I'm laughing. When you think I ought to be depressed, I'm giving God glory. Because my Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let the sick say I'm healed. I don't look like what I'm going through. I look like what I'm going to. Just because evil things happen to me does not mean that God is not working for me. During this season, I want to talk a few minutes about guaranteed peace. Young people look like the devil has a direct attack on your peace. With all the deaths, with all the killings, with all the physical violence that we're facing in this country. But let me say this. Peace is not the absence of tension. It's the revelation of God in the midst of my reality. It's the revelation of God even when there's violence present in my school or in my neighborhood that I live in. Things don't have to be going well for me to have peace. Peace is about my perception. Peace is keeping me together when things around me are falling apart. Peace is keeping your cool when everybody else is losing theirs. Can you imagine that? Peace suggests that I feel secure. Security suggests that I'm protected and I'm provided for. Whenever you read the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they refer to peace as a relationship between a shepherd and a sheep. But for some of us, that's hard to understand because we did not grow up in the area where they raised sheep. We grew up the game, violence, TV shows, everybody killing everybody. 
So the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd does not mean anything to a lot of us. But in order to understand peace, you have to understand the relationship that a sheep feels with his shepherd. Because Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, a stranger they will not follow. Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. So when God says that I know the plans that I have for you, to prosper you and not harm you, you have to see yourself as a sheep around imminent danger in the hands of a responsible shepherd. You have to see yourself where you are in this country. And when you look at sheep, you don't recognize what they're up against. One moment it's the cougar, the next moment it's the tiger, the next moment it's the wolf. And the thing that everybody, and the thing that I named, they all, everything that they have in common is they want to take a sheep out. But you'll find sheep somewhere just chilling because they know they have security. They have a shepherd that does not sleep or does not slumber. Somebody ought to thank God that he shepherds you. You ought to thank God for peace, a peace that passes all understanding. As I close, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Just want you to know today, we, God has plans for us. God is going to take care of us. I know it doesn't look good around us. I know that we got a lot of things going on around us. But God says, I've got plans for you, and they were put together before the foundation of the world. All you need to do is finish what God started. To know that every test, every setback, every experience that you've had in life is a lesson to make you realize that you've got to hang in there. I've got to persevere. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, Therefore, since we, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. I've got mercy, and I'll not give up. I'm not a quitter. Quitting is not an option. You see, the devil wants to stop you from getting to the plan that God has for your life. So the devil says to God that they're not going to make it. And God says, shut up, devil. They're coming because they know what I have for them. And the devil says, well, God, if they know what you have for them, why are they smoking so much weed? What are they drinking so much? What's that she got on? What's he think he's doing? God says, regardless of faults and failure, that he still has mercy on us. And we can expect what he promised us. Plans for our hope. Plans for our future. You know, sometimes it seems like it takes God a long time to deliver the things he promises us. And I know that we've been, we're, we're becoming impatient on this virus. We're becoming impatient on injustice. Seems like the Lord has taken a long time to work out his plans for our lives. But I want to let somebody know today that this is God's world. God's got your back. Somebody ought to give him some praise. I know you're worried about Bill, but he says, I got you. I know that you're worried about this sickness, but I hear him saying, I got you. I know God got me. Can you imagine that? How many of you see, can see God doing some great things in your life? Then somebody ought to give him some praise this morning. Can you see him doing great things in your life right now? If you see him doing great things, you ought to blow your horn. You ought to shoot your horn. Thank you.
me up this morning. Thank you that he started me on my way. Thank you that I got clothes on my back and shoes on my feet. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you.
We ask you to heal. We ask you to deliver. We ask you to set free. We thank you for the sunshine today. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for having plans for our lives. And we know that our plans, our plans you have for us are in your hands. And while they're in your hands, we know that you will take care of us. Bless us right now as we go back to our homes. And we just came, we claim victory today. And we ask you to cover us with the blood of Jesus. We thank you for everybody here that helped out to make this service work. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.